Welcome on in into the Burning Leaf Podcast with myself and Tom, and that's it. It's just us two today diving into some leaf trade deadline talk. Uh, it'll be a quicker episode, maybe around 30 to 40 minutes. We usually do an hour. But in saying that, we will have a full episode uh, dissecting and predicting and dedicating an entire episode to the Flames uh, later, the, later on this week with Russo and myself. So, Tom, let's talk the Maple Leafs of Toronto and what has happened with this team heading into a crucial, what looks like a crucial uh, trade deadline day next Monday. So, Tom, start us off. So, it's six days from now, from the time of this recording, six days. And... So far around the NHL, nothing's really gone down. There's been Tyler Toffoli happened what feels like two months ago. Uh, shout out Eve Russo. Josh Manson last night to the Avalanche. Finally, something else happened. And this year's one of those interesting deadlines where there's so much of nothing out there. So many teams are in that position to sell off like the Ducks. They're close to a playoff, posi- playoff position. They just need to sell some stuff, and they're starting mm. to do that. And this is where the Leafs, who are one of the richer teams, can really try to take advantage of a lot of teams that are just needing to offload salary, recoup assets for their players, and that's hopefully what the Leafs are going to be able to do. And I think just based on their positioning and where they are, they might be able to finagle some weird three-team trades. If you remember back to when Leonard got traded, Robin Leonard, Maple Leaf. I wonder if they end the deadline with a little bit of cap space and then use that to buy extra picks because this year they have, what, the first, second, like fourth and sixth or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting, and I think they'll be active. Yeah, they have to be. <laughs> I think they'll be making a lot of calls. And I think the last couple months of play have really shifted their whole um plan going into this mm-hmm. like the last two weeks they had a plan they definitely had a plan and we knew it was some type of top four defenseman some type of top six winger and i think they've really had to act on their feet here to just change up what they're gonna do it's pretty evident that their original plan is completely thrown out the door yep and just you know sub 900 goaltending will do that to you and we can get to that later yep uh what do you think? Like, what? How has it changed? Are they going to buy more? Are they going to stand a little bit, stand pat? What do you think? What I think, like, I agree with you. Plans have changed. Clearly, have changed in the last couple of weeks. Um, I said to myself, I think Mrazek will get through it. I think Campbell will get through it. Campbell goes down the next last week, two week injury, rib injury. Could be even longer for that matter. I like my guy Mrazek. But the last two games have been horrendous for Peter Morazic. And now I'm starting to think, like, they got to go get a goalie. They got to do a David Riddick um, when they trade a third-round pick for a depth goalie. And David Riddick, like, last year, played, I think, three or four games for the Leafs. Didn't play a game in the playoffs. But I think that's changed. Like, I think I think this goalie we might get, and I think they're going to get one, is going to play a lot more games down the stretch because – can you put, really put an injury Campbell throughout the whole stretch when he gets back? I wouldn't. Like, that's scary heading to the playoffs because I think he's the best goalie that the Leafs have. It is, and I wonder how much – they said it's a rib injury, correct? Yeah. And rib injuries, from what we know, are, one, incredibly painful, two, kind of hard to detect. 
and they figure he's had this for a couple weeks prior. Hmm. Um, and I wonder how much of the COVID delay and then going into like the all-star game and getting through that, how long did he have this injury for? How bad has he been? Mm-hmm. Like healthy, truly healthy. How bad has he been? And like, I'm still not the biggest fan of him. Just the ups and downs are too extreme for me to have that be my goalie. Um, but I think he can come back and do an all right job and at least take back the number one slot. Right. Mrazek, on the other hand, <laughs> see ya. Bye. You had a good Heritage Classic. I'm still surprised they started him in that. And that third goal was woof. The it wasn't NHL goaltending. Was, yeah, no, it wasn't. So, um, Shalgren gets the start tonight versus Dallas. Mm-hmm. You need to know what you have in him. You have three games left. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Mm-hmm. They have three games. I bet Shalgren gets at least two out of the three. I'd agree. I'd agree with that, yeah. Just, you're in a playoff position. You don't need to win these games, necessarily. Uh, you would like to because you're still tops in the league. But I bet they need to figure out what they have in net and what the answer is going forward. And do you actually think like they want to trade a goalie? Like, Do you think they're going to get some type of third stringer that will play like in terms of the Leafs getting one or the Leafs trading Morazic like getting one like a David Riddick last year yeah I think they have to it's like especially with the injuries like we, we for all we know Morazic could be injured and they're just not telling anyone right like would you be surprised if he's injured I, I wouldn't because he's playing so poorly that is a good point I didn't think of that I still don't I think they have enough depth in terms of like Justin Wool, Shulgren like if Campbell comes back you could run with Wool. They have Hutchinson, I think. <laughs> they have Carter Hutton somewhere. Yeah. Like, there's guys here, and I don't... I think those are... Like, realistically, when you get down to your third goalie, how good is this year's David Riddick over Carter Hutton? Is that worth trading a third-round pick, which they don't really have? In like, hindsight, no, I get what you mean. In hindsight, it doesn't make sense. But if you have to, I mean... Yeah, so then that's the flip side of last year where, in hindsight, all those trades make sense. You're going to need that eighth defenseman, Mm -hmm. Ben Hutton. Mm -hmm. Uh, They didn't get it out of the first round. They might need David Riddick. The injury troubles were real last year, Mm -hmm. so that made sense. We were completely content with the way that that trade deadline happened. In hindsight, terrible trade deadline. They thought that they would go on a longer run than they did. I wonder if this year they kind of take that step back and you have to allocate your assets year over year somewhere. And I wonder if this year they aren't going to do that. They aren't going to be trading for that third goalie. They sure as hell aren't trading for another seventh defenseman because we just talked about this. Mm -hmm. They have eight. They have eight or nine NHL defensemen. Yeah, Yeah, even 10 NHL defensemen. Right? Muzzin comes back and then you got like two or three of Lilligren's Handine, Dermot Hall sitting, right? Lapushkin's in there too. Um, as much as people want to dunk on the Leafs defense, they have so much of them. And I would think that one or two of them are out the door. Travis Dermot, Justin Hall. Um, but yeah, that's 
I just wonder how how active they'll be and in what capacity, like where they think that they can spend their assets. If that makes sense. No, it does make sense. It doesn't like, I think Dubas is not going to panic because the whole city's in panic for this team now. And they're, I think a whole, whole NHL fan base and a whole NHL like management thinks that the same thing. They're in, they're in panic again because times are so tough right now, but I'll explain I'll get into why things are so tough right now because they will be missing one of their star players uh, for two games, the next two games. So if you're living on a rock, Austin Matthews got suspended for a cross check on Rasmus Dallin in the Heritage Classic. Now, Tom, you brought up some good points. You brought up some harsh points and you brought up some, some ranting points you want to talk about about this incident. So go ahead and do that. Okay. So this is going to be a somewhat of a rant. I had, I would think, a fairly rational take on this and a couple sides four different sides to be exact on this um so to start off austin matthews two game suspension cross check to the neck of rasmus stalin we are both in agreement yeah that's a suspension that dirty play get that out of our sport right in the last two years i went back and added this all up there's been 19 cross checking infractions that have been reviewed by the department of player safety two total games handed out in suspensions, not including Matthews. Uh, regular season games, I should add. They've reviewed multiple cross-checks to the head and neck. So notable ones that I picked out were Nikita Zaitsev on Timo Meyer. He got a fine. Jonathan Druin mugged Tyler Sagan, got five wax in. Tom, you brought this up. I didn't know how bad that was. Uh, he got a fine. If you want to go back to, I want to say it was last year, Weber and Sherratt both got multiple cross-checks to the head of Wayne Simmons. Only Weber got a fine after having a fine, I believe it was two months prior to that, for the same infraction. So that is a repeat offender within two months, and he got a $5,000 fine too. Sherratt got off. The suspensions, you were asking, Chris Chason on Michael Bunting, after the game, barely unsuspecting, got one game, cross-checked to the head. Uh, as at least we're exiting the ice. The other one was Ridley Grigg, one preseason, one regular season game, and he mugged Pierre-Luc Dubois. I didn't know how dirty of a hit that was. Dubois was caught kind of off guard. What should have been a hit ended up being a cross-check right to his mouth. That was disgusting. And it's just all comes back to the consistency of the Department of Player Safety. Mm -hmm. And all of these different infractions, I would say, are all suspensions. Yeah. And I think you would agree with me mm -hmm. on that, too. All of these should be suspensions in one aspect or another, one, two games, and then you could throw Matthews in at two as well. But it all just comes back to there's no consistency here. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what we've talked in the last few episodes of the refing has been terrible. The Arizona game where Matthews lost his cool. Uh, and his anger boiled over. We saw that with Kadri a couple of years ago in the playoffs. How many games was that? Uh, so this all doesn't happen if Matthews doesn't have his anger boil over. And he finally stood up for himself. And he, you know, he was being pushed around by Darlene retaliated back whether he meant to hit the neck or not doesn't really matter control your stick 
same thing with tripping penalties. Like, doesn't matter. You got to control your stick. Right. So that player should absolutely be a suspension. That being said, based on the precedent that has happened, Felino kneeing a guy's head, Drew in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all the other ones that I just listed off. Yep. The precedent for this type of play is a $5,000 fine. I don't care. They've set the standard of $5,000 fine. The average for this fine is actually, I think it's like $2,800. Uh, I think is what I like roughly averaged it out to. Uh, but here's the issue. Did anybody watch an Ottawa Senator San Jose say Sharks game? No. Uh, Montreal Canadiens, Dallas Stars? No. This happened in the Heritage Classic case. Yeah. And immediately after the game, because it was towards the end of the game, the panel all went, that's a suspension. Yeah. Except for Kevin Bieksa, who said, mm, fine. Uh, that was the thing that got them. It got so much attention off the start, and you heard by the time the Leafs and Sabres exited Tim Hortons Field that Matthews has a hearing tomorrow. The hearing happened before. Thing, hey, right? We learned before noon the next day what his suspension was. How many times do we like go into the next game and we're like, oh, that player's not in warm up, so they probably got suspended. Yeah, never. No. It was quick. Out of all the suspensions that you're mentioning, like this was the one that you had to get done as soon as possible? No. It was because it was in such it was so glorified and so in the eyes of everybody that and they had to do a something. Star player. It was a star player who gets pushed around and shouldn't be pushed around. So at the end of the day, like he ended up taking the fall for it for a lot of this. Like I would just it's perfectly fine, don't get me wrong. The suspension is perfectly fine. Yep. Just all the other ones I mentioned bring them up to that par. That's all I ask exactly. for. A little yeah. bit of consistency. And unfortunately, this might ruin a 60-goal season for Matthews. He misses two games. And he's 15 off with, I think that'll put him with 21 games remaining. So Short amount of time. You can do it, but that's my rant. Yeah, it's not even more so like, okay, he's going to score 60 goals. Great, that's awesome that he'll score 60 goals. It's the fact that the this suspension is not consistent with the other other ones. I agree with you, Tom. Hundred percent, two games. The other one should be two games, one game. We saw Pavel Buchnevich last year, literally target the head of Anthony Mantha. Target, target like it was up there, right in his head. One game. So that's it's the it's the consistency, and when they hand out suspensions, it's wheel of two games. Yeah, I say it all the time. Suspensions are two games. Yeah, unless Something your name's Brett. We really got to fix. Yeah, and you know what? It's it is what it is. Mm-hmm. We'll go into the trade deadline talk for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, like you put in the doc, how have things changed last month for the Maple Leafs? Change a lot because their goaltending sucks, their defensive sucks, and they can score goals and win games because they score goals. But in the playoffs, totally different beast. Uh, we've seen it last year. We've seen the last two series that they struggled to score goals. And that's a thing they probably need to do in the playoffs when their start players get shut down. So are they still looking for defensemen? Are they buying less, going more? Where are they at, Tom? What do you think happens? I think we should do more of a prediction style. What do you think happens? They go out and they ship off some assets, defensive, 
I would think, would be the the thing that they do. I know like they'd like to have so many defensemen, right? Mm-hmm. You're expecting a deep playoff run. They're fortunate this year opposed to last year where last year they didn't have anything beyond the six. Now they have eight, nine, ten. So they don't need to add in that aspect. But if they bring in a higher-end guy, mm-hmm. and we're talking like a Hampus Lindholm, Mark Giordano, Klingberg's going to be really expensive. Uh, I don't think they do that. But like a Justin Braun, I've been kicking tires on. Uh, Nick Letty, Colin Miller, God forbid, Jeff Petrie or Ben Sherratt. That's our nightmare, right? Yep, that's... Mm, what? I wouldn't mind Petrie. But Sherratt, no. Please, no. Unless they bring in one of those guys, or especially if they bring in one of those guys. I think you can see a Hall or a Dermot going out the door. Maybe somebody else. Um, just to even out contracts, recoup some assets. Like, the Leafs could be in sell mode here. Sell yeah. mode, but still buying. Mm-hmm. So that'll be really interesting to watch of the if they add, how much else do they sell? Because they're going to have to at some point. Um, and we, I just mentioned like Ben Sherratt. I have a theory that I hope I am so dearly wrong on. <laughs> Ilya Labushkin is playing top pairments tonight. Thomas, what does Ilya Labushkin do? He plays defense. Is he big? Yeah. Does he score? No. What does Ben Sherratt do? <laughs> is defense. he big? Yep. Does he score? No. They've been rotating in that one right D slot for a while. Yeah. They've tried Brody. Brody's been the partner. They've tried Sandine. Didn't work. Tried Lilligren. Didn't really work. Tried Hall. They even tried Dermot for a couple shifts. Now it's Labushkin's turn. Labushkin is a little bit worse than Sherrod. Sherrod is your top four. Labushkin's your bottom four. Yeah. Right D, big, is mean. I think they're trying him out on that top pair to see how Morgan Riley reacts with a play style like Labushkin. And I hope I am so wrong because <laughs> if it goes well, they're going to trade for Ben fucking Chirac. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, Tom, like it's like a rotation. He's the last straw, right? Like He's the last guy they're trying to pencil in on that top pairing. And if it doesn't work, they're getting someone. Yeah. At Every point through the last couple of years, Riley's played with everybody. Oh, everyone. Muzzin, like Brody, they played with everybody. Mm-hmm. And we're finally off the Ron Hainsey days of Ron Hainsey is stuck to Morgan Riley. At least it was consistent and kind mm-hmm. of worked. Yeah. Like, you have Brody here, uh, and that is his spot, but I just think they're trying to, with Muzzin out working with what they've got to try to see visually what Chirot would look like. Mm-hmm. And their best comparable is Lubushkin. So I think that's what they're trying to do. And I will be so angry if they trade for him. Unless, unless Thomas. Mm-hmm. It's like Josh Manson. That, that trade for Colorado was a steal. I think so too, a bit. And I think if they can get that type of, if they can get Chirot for that, like a second, and guy 
I'm fine with that. I think, yeah, I, I'd be perfectly fine with that. I'm in your boat. It's it, it, the fact is like, I don't think we're scared of Ben Schrock coming Leafs. I think it's what we're paying to get Ben Schrock to come to the Leafs. That's the biggest nightmare for any team around the league because apparently it's high and it's been rumored high all year. Right. So I think that's a, a scary factor. We have to factor in for that, but all the names well, that, you put here. Tom, that was all the, the thing with Josh Manson. Yeah. Everybody thought that would be a first plus. Yeah. And we've been in arm for years. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, and like if they wanted to get retention on Manson, well, that's going to cost you more than the first plus. Exactly, yeah. And they got it for a second and like a B-level prospect. If they can get the same for Sherrod, yeah, sure. Okay, let's go. Yep, and uh, Tom, I want to mention something about all the guys you put here. They're, you would agree, they're all upgrades. Maybe except Letty because he's a defensive mess, but all the guys you list off, Lindholm, Giordano, Klingberg, Braun, Colin Miller, Petrie, and Schrott, they're all upgrades on the player who they're trying to upgrade on. And I think they would be upgrading on a Travis Dermott or Justin Hall because they've been rumored to have been scratched. They've been scratched this year for that matter, both of them. They've been in the lineup for some tests from some quote-unquote showcase, but I don't know what they're showcasing because I think that's the best they got in their game. But all these guys are upgrades on those guys. So – I think if you acquire one of them and get the other guy coming out, which is Dermot and Hall out of the lineup or out of uh, town for that matter, I, I think it's an upgrade. It just it depends. It all depends on what they pay for these guys. Is it a premium? Is it a cheap cost? Is it a free cost? I don't know. Yeah. And like if they Hall and Dermot, for example, are both signed through next year, yeah. right? Um, mm-hmm. Dermot's like 1.2 or whatever, like Hall's 2.2. Or They're going to have people on defense next year. Sandy and Lilligren are going to be full-time players next year. They don't need all of those guys. So that's where you could really just leverage uh, how much they have on the back end, bring something in for this year, and then sacrifice depth next year, but you won't actually be needing that depth. And then if you run into that situation at next year's deadline where, hey, you are going on a big run, you actually think you will. You're not playing Tampa. You're not playing Florida. You're not playing Montreal. Um, then they can go out and get Ben Hutton 2.0. But I think for this year, they need upgrade and sell off on the back end of defense and then figure out the rest from there. Mm -hmm. I agree. And all the names we put here, who's the one guy on that list you put out here that you want on the Toronto Maple Leafs? Because you said that guy for a while, but I don't know if he's the guy still you want. Uh, I'm looking at this list. The guy I've been saying has been Justin Braun. Mm -hmm. But... That was sort of pre-Labushkin. <laughs> and they kind of got Labushkin when I thought, like, Justin Braun could have filled that role. I'm like, I'm fine with Labushkin. I think if they're getting Justin Braun your top four is not an upgrade. It's no. not. No. It's not. Um, so that's where I'm looking at, like, how much does a Hampus Lindholm cost? How much does a Mark Giordano cost? Or even, like, a Jeff Petrie. If you're going to have Muzzin on that second pair and the Leafs like to go offensive and defensive uh, roles on both sides of the ice, Jake Muzzin's a little bit more of a stay-at-home. Mm-hmm. What if they got Jeff Petrie? What if they got a Colin Miller? What if they got Giordano? Right? And I think that I think we're all looking for the big stay-at-home defenseman. And unless they really figure out like Brody and Muzzin's going to work together, uh, I think they can go for like a Lindholm or Giordano. Yeah. And I wonder if the cost will be a lot lower, especially what we saw Manson go for. If they can get Lindholm for a similar return. 
uh, or Giordano for a similar return. But Giordano Brody. Hey. Worked in Calgary, man. That worked. Hey. Wake up. Let's go. Shout out Russo. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Like, Muslim top pair. I don't know. Like, there's – it's going to be a giant puzzle piece on that back end, no matter which way they put it. But I think that's kind of what they want. Yep, they don't I'd want agree. that. They don't want the well. You go here. You go here. You go here. You go here. No. They want. How do we make this work? Yeah, they want a cemented lineup that they can throw out there, and they'll be confident that it'll work because the last few years it hasn't really worked in the playoffs. But I'll go to my guy. My guy I wanted Smart Giordano from Toronto. Plays a hard nosed game. Could put up points. He does both offensive styles and defensive styles in his game, and he's some guy you want in the playoffs if you're going to go for a long run because he has that stability and is able to keep up in the playoffs. Now, he's a bit older. I know he's like 38 years old. He has one year left. And if you can't sign him for next year, yeah, that's fine. It's a rental. I mean, that's the guy you kind of want for a rental. You want a hard-nosed guy in the playoffs that you know can play, like I said, both styles and both sides of the ice. So I'm leaning towards Mark Giordano. And I know we talked about this. Are they going to make three separate trades for a goalie, for a defenseman, and a forward? With the Seattle Kraken, you can do with a forward and the defenseman in one. Now, you're not you're – You can do goalie. And you could possibly do goalie with a Joey Decord or Chris Dreger, but I don't know if you're going to be paying that much goalie or money I, for a goalie. I, like I was looking at like a Chris Dreger when I was going through my notes here. You're on to something with this whole Kraken are a trade partner where you can make multiple deals in one. Mm-hmm. They are. There's something there. Yeah, and like I said, I think they get Mark Giordano and they get a forward. Is that forward Jerry McKen? Probably not. You've just signed a contract. I think he wants to stay there. Could you imagine? <laughs> That'd be so great. I would love it, dude. I would love it. Play a first-round pick. I don't care. Play a first-round pick and a high prospect. I don't care. But I think the guys I'm more looking forward it, forward-wise for that team is Kelly Arncrook and Colin Blackwell for the forward side of the trade if they were to do the Giordano and pair one of those two. Right-handed shots can play up and down the lineup, can play anywhere in the lineup. We've seen it with Blackwell last year with the Rangers. We're seeing it now with Seattle Kraken with the injuries. And we've seen it with Yarncrook with the Nashville Predators and the Seattle Kraken this year. So, you know, if it's, if it's a first-round pick you have to pay and a prospect for Giordano and one of those two, I wouldn't be totally mad at it. It's, it's high, but if you get stability where you can throw these guys in the top six or bottom six and they're going to play throughout the playoffs, if you go for a long run, I'm not too mad about it. I don't know how you see it, though. I think that would make sense, especially to, like, like the Kraken do just makes so much sense, whether they mm-hmm. can get a defenseman. And there's multiple defensemen on that team. Yep. Uh, like a Carson Soucy, who I saw light up the Leafs. He did. He saw what a great off. game. Yep. Um, oh, who's the Boston guy? Lazon. Lazon. Mm-hmm. That's another guy. Uh, again, that's a little bit more depth, but like up front, Kali Yarn Croak. Like, what? I didn't know he was so fast um, until I got to watch him in person. And I'm imagining him on that second line. That's what I'm saying. Yeah would be so perfect and then you bump Kerfoot down and your third line is defensively strong mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about Engvall's little gaps here and there you have a incredibly dependable third line with Kerfoot, Kampf and help me out here Kasha Kasha thank you um do not abbreviate that line and 
you could depend on them every single game, let your top two go. It changes up the dynamic of that second line who's really been struggling. I think with uh, Nylander and Jan Kroak, that could be quite complimentary. Nylander finally has somebody with true speed that he can work well with. We saw, like with Kapanen, he tended to be quite good. That's another name that he's been scratched and like, I don't know. <laughs> Leafs, bring him back. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think that that happened specifically. But uh, you you mentioned the getting all your shopping done in one place. And another team that I look for is the Anaheim Ducks. Like we brought up Hampus Lindholm. Mm-hmm. And so you're saying like a bigger trade with them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only other name that they really have that the Leafs could be looking for is Hampus Lindholm on defense. But like Ricard Raquel. I've, I, I, I knew you were going to, I've wanted this guy for so many years, Tom. And like, it's ridiculous. Like the 3.8 mil. And is he signed for next year or these RFA? Uh, it's only this year, unfortunately. So that's a little bit rough. Um, but like, could they manage? I don't think they can manage like a Troy Terry. I think he's having too good of a year. Uh, that's really it. Like Ricard Raquel and Hampus Lindholm. I Not swear everybody that's been playing for the Leafs has done that trade in oh. NHL GM mode. Yeah, hundred percent. Like specifically. Yeah. Uh, and I just wonder how much of a fit that they could do there. Like, could they get that? Could they even take like a? some of the contracts off the book, like Ryan Kessler, he has a year left. They could pay, help pay that out, get some LTIR room. That's a possibility. I just, there's so much, so many teams where you can just do all your shopping in one place. It's exactly right. Yeah. And God, it's going to be so interesting to see what they do. And I hope, I hope that's kind of what they do. Same. Well, it's for an entertainment perspective, right? Like you don't want your team to acquire all these depth guys. And then like we said last year, it didn't work. So imagine you get these depth guys and it doesn't even work. At least you're entertaining us with a Ricard Raquel and a Hampus Lindholm, like you said, and ending up going out in round one. But at least you entertained us for a couple of months there. Yeah. Like if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I mean, I don't think the cost would be too high looking at what, uh, Manson just went for. Yeah. If you can get you can normally get a little bit of a discount if you go for a bigger trade. There's more room in it to uh kind of find hidden value. Like if Anaheim's asking for Dolphinimula and then you're like, Nope. How about Nick Aberzuzi? Do you really think your fifth rounder is gonna be doing much, but he just came off a great Olympics? His value's a little bit higher right now. Uh, would you be willing to do something like that? Yeah. I would, yeah. Uh, that's where I don't think anyone who sort of has like diminished value they're going to be trading. Like a Mirov is not an option, unfortunately. Um, like a Nick Robertson is that. They tried that in the NHL. He might be next year on this team. I don't think they can go out and trade him. I don't want to get too far into your list here, but they have a couple guys with diminished value and a couple prospects with incredibly high value. Uh, currently, currently, um, that I think that they can get steals in some aspects if they're really careful about this. And would you be open to trading one of the big prospects? Yeah, I would. Or a haul like that? 
Yeah, no, I would. Because, like, it's it, – it, the time isn't now. Like, sure, you have a next year and the next year after that. You have whenever Matthews wants to, I don't know, leave. But it's not going to happen. But, like, like just saying that, I think they should because you're going up a tough opponent in the next three years anyway. So, if you don't go for this year, you're going for the next year. If you don't go for the next year after that, you're going for the next year after that. So, it doesn't matter. You're still going to run into a Tampa, a Boston, a Florida team, a Carolina team the next couple of years. So, you got to do it at some point, right? Yeah, and like we talked about when they traded Nick Ritchie's contract for Labushkin, that's that second round pick that they're going to get in three years. You're looking eight years out. Really, do you care? No. Really? Like, do you, are you going to be hung up on the dude that might make it in eight, nine years? No. So I think that the time is kind of now. There are my no trade is without a doubt top anymore. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Nyes is someone that he his value is quite high right now, and I wouldn't be opposed if the right deal came along. Uh, but I think they they really have to go for it, and that's such a change in tune from half an hour ago when I was like, <laughs> I think the Leaf shopping list is a little bit smaller. I just think that they had three giant forward defense goalie, and you only have so much to. Uh, so much that you can bring in. Two out of the three might be a stretch. If Kyle Dubas can pull it off, which, like I said, if you ship out some defense, you absolutely can. I think that they can make something work. Like a roster player prospect. I think you can bring in something bigger. Yeah. We'll see. Entertainment value's there. Um so we're moving on from the defenseman to now the goaltending situation because that's been horrendous the last couple of weeks, couple of months, if you want to call it that. Uh, like you said, Shalgren starting against the Dallas Stars tonight, his first NHL start. But the main question is, are the goal, are the is the Leafs shopping for a goalie this coming uh, thing? We talked about you know trading that third round pick for Riddick last year. That was more for depth. But now it seems like they're going to need a guy to get in the crease now and win some games and play some good solid games. So. Do you end up seeing that happening for the Toronto Maple Leafs? Before I give my answer, you do, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 hope, I, I don't want them to, but they they forced into doing it. Like Dubas likes his reactionary trades, like very planned out. Here's the weakness that we have. Mm-hmm. Oh, it really failed us tonight? I'm going to go fix that. Campbell, Labushkin, two really clear examples of that. I just think that there's so much of Mrazic is never this bad, although poor fit. This is Mrazic like on Carolina, you can mask a lot of that. Um, on the Leafs, you can't mask the way he plays. He has issues, uh, especially with you know knowing where his crease is. This dude's allergic to blue. <laughs> I, it wasn't a fit from the beginning. They needed somebody sturdy. Jack Campbell, no offense, you're not sturdy. You're not steady Freddy. We all like steady Freddy. Neither goal is it, but I don't think they will do anything about it. Like Maybe a Chris Drieger in a bigger deal with the Kraken. But if Chris Drieger costs me getting a forward and or a forward or defenseman, if I can have two out of the three, the goalie is the last one that I touch. Sure, yeah. 
Yeah, we'll see. They have a lot of goalies up on the trade bait board for TSN and Sportsnet and all those stuff. I don't see them getting Flurry. It doesn't make sense. You don't need a bigger trade for the goal. Like, I, I know the goalies are in shambles, but realistically and smartly, the goalie shouldn't be the biggest factor. They should try and get this uh, trade deadline. And it's all regression of the mean. Exactly. Right? Campbell plays out of his mind. They don't lose for a month. Mm-hmm. Morazic, ups and downs, never got starts, came in, has been bad. Now he's the guy. He won't be the guy in two weeks. <laughs> I'm willing to bet on Campbell being more so Jack Campbell that we saw in November. Maybe not to that standard, but his highs and lows, like it could happen. I could very much picture him coming back and getting hot. His confidence is sky high. They can go on a run. And if I'm the least, that's what I bet on. I would agree. Just, I think it will happen. They'll eventually just do the trade and get the goalie. Um, but that, I think that's pretty much it on the goalies because there's not many out there that really is really, really, really is an upgrade on both of them. Uh, maybe Razik at this point. But we'll talk about if he's going to be even on the roster next week, come time next Tuesday. So we'll get into later yeah. that. Well, question for you. If Shalgren, yeah. for example, if Shalgren <laughs> comes in, three straight shutouts, do you go, okay, we can survive with this guy for another two games? Campbell comes back, you get $3 million off the books with Morazic. Would you trade Morazic out? 100%, yeah. Shalgren's the backup? Yeah. I mean, if he's playing good, like, okay. and, like, you can get Campbell in there and you'll be fine, okay. just... That's a good, yeah. Like, Campbell would be the starter or Shalgren's the backup. Are you more comfortable yeah. with him than Morazic? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, my thinking for that was Shalgren's league minimum versus Morazic's three point whatever exactly so i think that that could be i doubt they do it i bet that's an offseason move but you never know you never know um i want to talk about two guys you put two guys here in our notes that you know you never think they were going to be maple leafs or even if they were maple leafs you never think they would come back or even get to this point but you have phil castle down here is he a realistic possibility for this team in my opinion it would be so funny it'd be more funny like i don't care if they win or lose it'd be so funny to have a reunion with phil castle that would be i believe the third trade with the arizona coyotes this year and i i really love phil castle and like we said when he was on the maple Leafs, he's such an underrated playmaker and passer and this year he has like 30 or 36 assists which is very good for phil castle yeah, he doesn't – the goal scoring is not there, I don't think. Six, I think I checked. And then they goals, proceeded yeah. to score like 28 goals. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, I mentioned earlier like Kapanen on that line, like or Yarncroke, somebody fast. What if you slow Nylander's game down and are able to match Tavares' speed with somebody like a Phil Kessel, and then all of a sudden you have – Kessel's not a playmaker, but – the assists are there. He could feed Tavares, Nylander on the other side. All three can shoot. Mainly your wings can shoot, and your center is sturdy. Dude, come on. I know. I'd sign up for that, dude. Come on. And, like, we knew he was cheap before. It was a third, I believe it was, that was the leaked what they wanted for him. Maybe. I think it might have been, like, a second with half retained which I would bet the Leafs would have to go through a second team because they are the other 1.8 of his 8 million. (laughs) Um, Man, there's a fit there. And if he's cheap, the value has to have gone down after what Manson just got. 
because now the bar is Josh Manson. There's six days. The market's not going to fluctuate that much in six days. Once he goes up there and gets triple hat tricks. (laughs) Well, like for everybody, the whole trade market is everybody's now cheap. Sorry, Calgary. You went first. Still a great trade for you. You kind of got burned on how much. Like how much the other guys this year are going to get are going to go for. Tyler Toffoli makes sense in a vacuum. That trade was really good. Josh Manchin just went for stupidly cheap. Unless something happens today or tomorrow and then nothing for the next couple of days, the value is going to be nothing for everybody going. And it's been a seller's deadline all year. Uh, or sorry, a buyer's market all year. And now it just got a little bit better. So if Phil Kessel is like a third rounder, just do it for fun. Yeah, Kyle, you like memes. You like them on Twitter. Just do it for fun. Yeah. Announce the trade with his hot dog cart. (laughs) My thinking on this too is like, it's that guy who we were so supportive of and was the main piece in Toronto for so many years. And then they did the switch off to Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Imagine having all those guys into one, one team this year. You can have that and it's for cheap. I would do it, dude. I would do it too. And it his number's still fit. available too. Like it's not like it's taken, yeah. it's gone. Like eighty one, ninety one, eighty eight. I like that. That looks good. Let's do that. Now, yeah. what about Zidane Chara? That was a big sigh. I don't know. Like it's weird because, because like years past, uh, when he was the free agent going to Washington, I wanted the Leafs to sign him. Like I, I think you were in agreement, right? I think we did yeah. an episode. Like I would want that guy on my team. It's just now the factor is he's old, he's gotten injured, and he's playing on a bad New York Islanders team that's not winning games. So it makes you think that Char is like, oh, he's washed. But if you can get him as the seventh defenseman, go ahead. But like you said, Tom, like they have so many, right? Like, is he really that much of an upgrade on the bottom ones? Like, would you rather have Sandine or Char in the lineup? I would have Sandine, right? Like, it all depends. Oh, I would have Sand. Yeah. I legitimately think Sandine might be there second best defenseman this year (laughs) like i love this kid so much um like legitimately i think if we look in like three years time this could this kid's the best defenseman on the team uh i don't think he's an upgrade unless you just want asshole that's true but if you're going the asshole route man why is Ily labushkin in the lineup tonight test test out what ben charat would look like there's your asshole. I don't think they go for two assholes. And you have Lubushkin, who is also kind of an asshole. I don't think they do it, and I don't want it. I don't want it. Yeah. Although, it would be terrifying. It would be terrifying. It would be Pro so Pro surreal Pro. to see. Yeah. It would feel weird. Like when Placanets came. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't look right in this. Get out. <laughs> and thankfully, we only had to see like seven games of it. Which he wasn't bad in, but still. Yeah, it was the second line center for a couple. Whoops. <laughs> oh, well. All right, well, those are the two guys who would be weird to see come back in Toronto because so Daniel Charles had a lot of memorable games here in Toronto. I saw him score one of the playoff games. I believe it was 2019 top shelf on uh, Freddie Anderson. And I think game three of that 2019 series – and he was just a menace. Like, he's scary to watch live, and that would be scary. But in Phil Kessel, it would be a good reunion, too. Do you remember 2013, the tying goal? Do you remember who shot it from the point? Yeah, it was Char. Yeah. 
No. Was it? Wh- which one? Maybe I'm thinking about the third goal. Char was the screen in front. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the Game 7 one. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. Bergeron who shot and then Ber- Yeah. <laughs> Char was the screen in front. What a weird... It worked. It worked. You have a game. Let's play it. Yeah, let's play it. Okay, so I have this little game. It's not going to take too long, but who is here next week today? So the trade deadline would have been a week yesterday, Monday, March 21st, I believe is the exact date. So I'm asking you if there's upgrades involved, if there's cap going out, are these players involved in these talks? So the first player is defenseman Justin Hall. Is he here next week today? Yes. Okay. Is Travis Dermott here next week today? Oh, you're not going to give your answer to? No, I'm just going to ask you. Okay. No, Travis Dermott's not here next year. Okay, I'll give my thoughts. I'll, I'll agree with that one for sure. Uh, is Timothy Lilgren here a week today? Oh, please God, yes. <laughs> Same, hopefully. He's been pretty good in the last couple games. Uh, I also, before, I just wanted to go back to like Justin Hall. I talked about like diminished value. If they trade him, uh, it better be for good, like for something good, because his value is so diminished this year. There's no way he's this bad next year. No, probably not. So, uh, You could say the same thing about this guy, Peter Morazic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll have to live with that one. Um, prospect, I guess you want to call in quotation marks, Nick Robertson. Is he here next week today? That's an interesting one. Because his value's diminished. I don't think they're too hot on him or as hot of on him as they have been. And I feel like they have other guys that they value more that will be ready at the same time. They're not going to bring him up to play on the fourth line, but they don't like him in the top six. And there's no spot on the third. For fun, I'm going to say no. All right, I don't fully believe it, but I could see him not being here. All right. Ilya Mikheyev, he wanted to trade out, I believe, last summer, but is he on the way out next week? No, he'll be on his way out in the offseason <laughs> when he leaves as a UFA. <laughs> That's also true. Um, or, and, yeah. What, what, Sorry, he will be here next week, but he okay. will be gone in the offseason. Okay. And the last guy I have on the list, he's having a actually pretty decent year, not going to lie, Pierre Engvall. He's still here. That's another one of those I could see you leaving as contract out for contract in guys. And his value is higher than it's been in the last couple of years. That's true. But, but he signed a 1.25 two-year deal when COVID hit, right? Like, Yeah, and he's around next year too, right? I, th- I, th- I don't know if it was two years or three years. I could look that up right now quickly. But I remember like it was – it looks so bad now because, you know – 1.25 back then wasn't that bad because the cap is just going to go up. It hasn't gone up yet. So that's why it looks so bad. Um, exactly. Uh, all, he's, he's an RFA at the end of this year. Yeah. Hey, maybe, maybe he is not here next week. That's true. All right. That's all the guys I have on the list. I was going to do some other ones, but they weren't probably getting move like Tavares. That'd been stupid, but I Morgan guess. Riley, are you here next week? <laughs> If they're getting Kale McCarr, sure, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, Marner, are you here next week? Marner from McCarr. Oh, <laughs> now you piqued my attention. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that pretty much wraps up all the trade talks. Uh, so we basically, in a nutshell, we basically think 
a defenseman's coming in, a depth forward is coming in, and you think a goalie isn't coming in. I do. So that's the only thing we disagree on, really, right? Yeah, I think that's about it. God, I, I hope they surprise me and go for Big their fishes, original yeah. plan yeah, of yeah. top six, top four. I hope um, that's it. That would be awesome to see. But I think that wraps everything up for the Burn and Leaf podcast quick episode on the Maple Leafs trade deadline show. We will get to the Flames in a couple days with Russo and myself on the pod. So tune in for that one. We will chat with you next time.